This is now our third week of sheltering in place. And um, it's kind of surreal, isn't it? Um, I found that um, it's this strange mix between um, just being kind of claustrophobic and cooped up, um, restless and kind of bored, while at the same time, you know, as we've been thrust into this crisis, also just scrambling and like going, 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 and not sometimes like for me, I don't even stop to eat, and I'm expending all of this, just this restless energy. And so it's strange, it feels strange because it's like I barely left my house and I'm exhausted at the same time. And there's this like restlessness and movement, like all rolled into one. And so then um, how timely it is that Holy Week should come upon us now in this moment in our world. Um, Holy Week is, it's a pilgrimage of sorts. And pilgrimage is a spiritual journey. And it's similarly, it's this intersection of like restlessness and movement, you know, all rolled into one. A pilgrimage is different than just taking a trip. So it's not like you're going on vacation and getting some R&R. &R. You know, a pilgrimage starts with longing. You know, it starts with yearning. You're yearning for something more, something deeper, something more true than what you already know and experience. And you cannot stay where you are. You have to move. And it's not just moving geographically. Like something moves within you. You know, it shifts and it changes in you. It changes you. So pilgrimage is ultimately about transformation. So today is the first week of Holy, first day of Holy Week. And you can approach this week like a trip where you're a tourist with your binoculars, just observing landmarks and snapping pictures, or you can approach it like a pilgrimage, you know, where you are accompanying Jesus on his journey towards the cross. And you enter into this week with intention and attentiveness and awareness. So our first stop is today, Palm Sunday. And in our first gospel reading, Matthew is talking about Jesus's entry into Jerusalem during this Passover festival. So pilgrims were descending onto Jerusalem. They're celebrating the deliverance of God from their bondage in Egypt. They're singing all of these psalms of God's mercy and goodness and salvation. And then Matthew quotes this prophet, Zechariah, who's, who's saying that, that, that this moment of Jesus entering into Jeremiah is essentially fulfilling what Zechariah had foretold when he wrote, Rejoice greatly, O daughter of Zion. Shout aloud, O daughter Jerusalem. Lo, your king comes to you, triumphant and victorious is he, humble and riding on a donkey. And yet, this entry into Jerusalem was not going to lead to the triumph and the victory that Israel had hoped for, that they thought that the Messiah was going to accomplish for them. It was going to lead to defeat and to humiliation and to death. So Jesus knew that that's what he was facing. He knew that he was going to his death. And he had repeatedly told his disciples, the son of man is going to suffer and be killed. And on the third day, he will rise again. But somehow that just didn't sink into their minds. And so you imagine, what would that have been like for Jesus? That in this moment, 
you know, these crowds are shouting, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And yet in just a few days time, he knew that they would be shouting, crucify him. You know, what would have been going through his heart and his mind in that moment as he entered Jerusalem that day? So as I reflected on our lectionary passages for today, it was the words of the prophet Isaiah that Jimmy read for us that stuck out to me the most. And it was this verse in particular. The Lord God helps me. Therefore, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like flint, and I know that I will not be put to shame. He who vindicates me is near. And this, this verse reminded me of another verse in Luke 9:31, where it says, When the days drew near for him to be taken up, Jesus set his face to go to Jerusalem. He set his face to go to Jerusalem. So what does that mean to set your face towards something? Well, according to the Hebrew dictionary, to set your face means to fix firmly, to plant down, to strengthen, to turn resolutely in a direction. And for the Hebrews, a person's face represented their countenance. You know, it's not just their physical face. It's what's happening inside of them. It's the index of their thoughts and their feelings, their inner person. And in this moment, when Jesus set his face to go to Jerusalem, he was making a decision to fix his heart, his mind, his will, his entire being to journey to the cross that would lead him to unimaginable suffering and excruciating death for the sake of the world. And I imagine in that moment, Jesus, with every step that he took towards Jerusalem, saying in his heart and mind, the Lord God helps me. The Lord God helps me. The Lord God helps me. Therefore, I will not be disgraced. Therefore, I have set my face like flint, and I know that I will not be put to shame. Why? Because he knew that even though his own heart might falter in the face of suffering and death, as we know it does in the Garden of Gethsemane, that he puts his trust in the God that he knew could raise him from the dead. Now, you know, there's lots of things being posted on Facebook um, while we are in this crisis. And this past week, someone posted on Facebook about Viktor Frankl. Um, if you remember, Viktor Frankl is the Austrian neurologist and psychiatrist who survived the horrors of the Holocaust um, at Auschwitz. And he documented his experiences in this book called Man's Search for Meaning. And what Frankl does in that book is he makes observations about those who survived the Holocaust and those who didn't. And those who survived were the ones who were able to discover what he refers to as meaning in life. And he says that life never ceases to have meaning, even in suffering. And while we cannot avoid suffering, we do have the freedom. Every person has the freedom to choose how we will respond to it. And so he wrote, um, meaning comes from three things. 
the work we offer in times of crisis, the love we give to others, and our ability to display courage in the face of suffering. It's the story we tell about this moment. It's the way we tie our moment of suffering to the larger narrative of redemption. The plague today is an invisible monster, but it gives birth to a better world. The story of Holy Week is that death is in inevitable, but it is not the end. Death does not have the final word because our king is coming, has come, riding on a donkey, setting his face like flint, resolute and determined to bring about this salvation for the whole world so that we too, you know, here in New York City, we too, in the face of suffering and death, in circumstances that we have absolutely no control over, can also set our faces like flint towards Jerusalem, towards New York City, to whatever context we might find ourselves in, and offer what we have, offer the work of our hands in this crisis. And whether that's teaching students, or caring for the sick, or delivering pizza, you know, or, or showing up to work even, whether that's in person or on Zoom, to love our families and those around us, maybe people who are driving us nuts in close quarters, you know, to extend that grace and patience to each other, to love our neighbors, especially those who are most vulnerable and alone, and to choose courage over fear and denial and just numbing ourselves to the pain of our world, you know, whether that's our own pain or the pain of others. And yes, we are anxious. Yes, we are afraid. Yes, we don't know what's going to happen even tomorrow. But like the Apostle John says, perfect love casts out fear. It doesn't mean that we don't fear, but it means that there is something greater than fear. There's something that is stronger than death. And that is the journey that we take with Jesus in this week ahead. And so I encourage you, don't be a tourist this week. And let the, the restlessness that you feel, that yearning that you feel, be the energy that moves you to become a pilgrim, accompanying Jesus as he enters the city today. And let yourself, as he did, feel its own yearning, you know, its pain, feeling its hope, and offering yourself in love today. Amen.